Hey there, you're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family, more money in your bank account, and a practice that you love, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice Quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at AlignedPracticeQuiz.com. Now, sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to episode 130 of the Aligned Woman Podcast. Today's episode is for you if you would like to proactively do your best to avoid the most common big problems that women in chiropractic face, or if you're just simply ready to make life and practice as a working mom easier, then be sure to stick with me for today's episode. Today, we're going to continue discussing the top four big problems that women in chiropractic face. We'll focus on the third one today, and then we'll chat about the fourth one in next week's episode. If you missed the first two big problems, be sure to listen to episodes 129 and 128 of the podcast. So on that note, you'll want to be sure that you're subscribed to the Aligned Woman podcast in iTunes by heading over to alignedwoman.com forward slash iTunes. If you are in the majority of our listeners who are listening to the podcast on their iPhones, be sure to subscribe to the iTunes, sorry, to the podcast in iTunes, because that will make sure you never miss a new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Aligned Women to see the real life and practice results of aligned women who are just like you. They're committed to changing the world through chiropractic care without sacrificing their families or burning themselves into the ground. And on that note, this week's shout out goes to aligned women member, Dr. Courtney Mannix. I got to interview Dr. Courtney last week for her member spotlight interview, which will be shared on the podcast in 2020. Dr. Courtney um, shared in her spotlight that her practice was consistently making less money each year when she became an aligned women member. And in her spotlight interview, Courtney shares how what she's learned in aligned women helped her change that. So you'll definitely want to hear that episode. Um, sneak peek is available in mama chiropractors now through video. Okay. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey, have you heard about aligned women's new upcoming sister podcast? It will be called Self-Care is Healthcare, the podcast. It will be launching (laughs) soon-ish. Launching a podcast is certainly a labor of love. And when you already have a full-time business and four kids and you're committed to taking care of yourself, it doesn't launch quite as quickly as it did when you had nothing else to do with your time. So think about this. If you've ever thought about your friend who was a midwife or a doula or a yoga instructor, group fitness instructor, maybe an acupuncturist or a naturopath or a massage therapist, and you thought, gosh, she really needs something like aligned women in her life. So she knows how to grow her practice in a way that feels good for her and that allows her to have 
the time freedom that she wants to have with her family while also making sure that she is taking care of herself too, then the self-care is healthcare. The podcast will be for her. And in the meantime, before the podcast is launched, the best way that you can share this with her is to send her over to the self-care is healthcare community on Facebook. So just look up the self-care is healthcare community and you can invite her to join you and me there. Welcome back. (laughs) After 11 years of consulting with other chiropractors on their lives and their practices, and almost four years specifically focusing on coaching female chiropractors, I have identified the four biggest problems women in chiropractic face. Uh, I can't take all the credit. My team members have really helped with this as well. If you'd like to proactively do your best to avoid these problems, which by the way, you can, Or if you're just really longing to make life and practice as a working mom easier, what you hear in this episode will help you. In this series of four episodes, you'll learn what these big problems are and what you can do about them. But just as we talked about in part one of this series, we have to make sure that we're clear on how I'm defining big problems here. I mean, when I think of big problems, I think of medical kidnapping, <laughs> the broken healthcare industry, corruption in government and politics, poverty, homicide, you know, like the really actually big problems. They're really, truly big problems. But for the purpose, for our purposes, I'm not talking about those kinds of problems or other problems like your baby was born at 30 weeks and is in the NICU, or your mom has a progressively, a rapidly progressing neurological disorder and she can no longer live independently, or you have cancer. (laughs) Yes, all of these are really big problems. But again, we're not going to be focusing on those types of life challenges because those problems can really affect anyone, not just a woman who's a chiropractor. And we're going to focus here on the unique problems that you and I face in life in practice. Okay. So I know I shared that with you in episode 128 and in episode 129, but I want to make sure that if you hadn't heard those episodes, we're clear on how we're defining big problems. I just air quoted big problems. So let's pick up with where we left off. We are on problem number three. Problem number three is marketing. Now you heard the word marketing. Don't turn the episode off. Stay with me and you'll understand more about why. I know the word marketing makes you cringe, but it's important for you to hear this, especially if the word marketing makes you cringe. You might be surprised to know the problem isn't that we don't know what to do for marketing. The problem is that we hate doing what we know we could or should be doing. Here's the problem with hating marketing. If you hate it, you won't do it. And if you don't do, again, air quotes, if you don't do marketing, then it's sort of like wishing and hoping for your practice to grow. 
And you would never advise one of your classmates from school to start a new practice and wish and hope that her practice would grow. I mean, yes, you want her to put positive intention to it and have the right mindset, but you wouldn't just tell her like, just wish and hope and it'll do its thing. You would never tell a new graduate who was wondering if they should start a new practice or not, that as long as they wish and hope that their practice will grow, it'll happen. And go ahead and start that new practice and wish and hope strongly. You'll be fine. (laughs) But well, okay. Let me add to this. You would also, you would, you would never go apply for a business loan yourself and then tell the loan officer that your marketing plan was to wish and hope (laughs) that somehow magically your practice will grow. And hopefully other people will do the work for you. Like it'll grow through word of mouth and from referrals from the people that you know in your community, which are not bad and they're not wrong. As we've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast, it's just that, well, let me tell you more about why that is in a couple of minutes. First, if you like most women in chiropractic don't like marketing, you're very likely avoiding it. Again, you probably know what your marketing plan could look like, what it could consist of, and yet you just don't implement it or you're very, very inconsistent with it because you don't want to seem salesy or sleazy. You don't want to seem like a used car salesman or saleswoman. My friend, I'm here today to share the hard truth with you. It's no one else's responsibility to grow your practice for you not your friends, not your family, not your referral partners. Those things are all wonderful. But at the root of it, there's a lot more about what's going on when you're hoping that other people will do the work for you to grow your practice. It's also not your existing patient's responsibility to send in referrals to your practice. Although again, when that happens, it's wonderful. It's a great compliment And most of our practices grow by referral that has been shown through statistics and data. And as we'll talk about later, you'll understand why that's not okay. It's not your chiropractic schools, your state associations, the ACA's responsibility to grow your practice. Again, it's yours. (laughs) So here's the good news. Growing your practice doesn't have to mean booking spinal screenings every weekend and missing your kids' soccer games. It doesn't have to mean hosting dinner with the doc talks on the weeknights, followed by the chaos that ensues when you, as the mom of the family, don't get home until late and your kids aren't in bed until 10 p.m. And then you know what happens next, right? Like everyone's tired. No one wants to wake up early in the morning to get to school on time or wherever it is you need to go, like work. (laughs) And it just feels so draining and exhausting that you don't want to do that again. So you don't. But again, the good news is that growing your practice can simply be an extension of who you are and how you live. So instead of thinking, I hate marketing, which you've probably thought many times, your thinking has to shift to, I am a marketer. And I know this can feel really uncomfortable, like uber uncomfortable. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay for it to feel uncomfortable right now. 
That just means that growth is right ahead of you if you continue to take action and you don't run away from doing this work of shifting how you identify yourself. See, if you don't first see yourself as a marketer, you won't actually do marketing. And this is like a million dollar secret of behavior change, which most people don't understand. We think that we change our behaviors by just doing the things, right? Like we just do the things so that we get a different outcome. But if you don't change how you identify yourself, the behavior change is often very short lived. All right, let me give you a concrete example. Let's say that you, I can give you a real life example. I'll share this with you. Um, I smoked, I started smoking cigarettes when I was really, really young. Like I, it's embarrassing how young I was, but it was just kind of the culture where I grew up in a very small town and I smoked all through high school and college. And then I went to chiropractic school and I still smoked in chiropractic school. Off and on, through all this time, I would want to quit. I would quit. I never felt addicted to nicotine. I never felt like I had to have cigarettes. Honestly, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I um, I liked the ability to take a smoke break at work like three times a day without smoking. I didn't get to go stand outside on the dock um, with other people and socialize and get some fresh air and sunshine for a bit. Ironically, like that's what I was looking for while I'm poisoning my body with cigarettes. <laughs> so I saw myself as a smoker. Now I may not admit that at the time because I didn't really feel proud of the fact that I was smoking. I knew it wasn't good for me and yet I continued to do it. But then I got pregnant and suddenly I was no longer a smoker it was very clear to me that was not a part of how I was moving forward with life. Now, some people quit smoking while they're pregnant and then they go back to smoking after their baby's born, hopefully, but, or hopefully not, but I didn't go back to smoking because then my, my whole identity had changed. I had become a mom. Moms don't smoke cigarettes in my mind. Now, listen, a judgment for you on you if you are a mom who smokes cigarettes, right? But that's just sharing what was in my mind at the time. My identity shifted. I was no longer a smoker. And you know what? Now I'm repulsed by a cigarette smoke. And I wonder, how did I ever do that for so long, so often to myself and even to other people around me? How did I think that that was smart? <laughs> I don't know that I did think it was smart, but I did it anyway because it was part of my identity until it wasn't. But once it was no longer part of my identity, I quit, like quit, (laughs) done, foreseeably for the rest of my life. It's been almost 10 years now. Okay, so do you see what I'm talking about here? Like your, your identity has to shift in order for your behavior to shift. If you don't shift the way you look at yourself, then your behavior doesn't change. The things that you do don't change. Remember, it's be, do, have. Be, do, have. You have to not only accept, but even embrace the fact that you chose to start your own practice or, side note, enter into a role in which you're responsible for bringing patients, new patients into the practice. Then you have to embrace that 
you chose to be a marketer. Further, here's why the I hate marketing mantra is such a huge problem for women in chiropractic. We've already established the fact that if you think you hate marketing, you won't do it. And then how can you expect your practice to ever reach its fullest potential if you don't take charge of your marketing? Further than this, if we as a profession don't shift out of the teach the people about the benefits of chiropractic and they'll become patients model, that's seriously not working well. How will we ever increase the utilization of chiropractic care above a mediocre 10 to maybe at most 12% of the total U.S. population? And worst of all, if we don't start showing ourselves some evidence that we're growing as a profession, not just by the number of people licensed to practice, but by the number of people in our market share, we're choosing the alternative to growth, which is death. So you can see why I feel really strongly about this. And there's one more thing. I know in your heart, you know this already. You were born to make a difference in this world. And you see every day how sick people are and how they're being brainwashed into their constant sickness being normal, especially for children. It's so hard to watch this happening. But do you know how that brainwashing is happening? It's happening through really, really, really effective marketing. Now, of course, it's going to be hard to compete with the budgets of giant pharmaceutical companies. Yes. But does that mean we shouldn't even try? Hopefully by now you're like, okay, I get it. I'm a marketer (laughs) and you're on board with me for solving this problem. If so, I hope you're already asking yourself, how, how do you shift from hating marketing to embracing it as a part of who you are? My friends, the answers are inside of you. They're inside of you. That's not some cheesy way of leaving you high and dry right now and ending this episode to hopefully have you figure out the answers for yourself. It's just true. Somewhere inside you, you know why you're afraid to have a voice or why you fear judgment so intensely or why you feel guilty or embarrassed or even ashamed of attracting attention to yourself, even even if it's for the sake of your practice. Further, only you can decide if and when you're ready to heal those wounds that you, so that you can market your chiropractic practice, make a bigger impact on your community, and finally reach your optimal potential and your practice's optimal potential. All right, so now you know. (laughs) Marketing our chiropractic practices is a big problem. But it's a big problem for much deeper reasons than what you might have assumed. It's not just about knowing what marketing tactics work or being consistent in your efforts or not being consistent in your efforts. It's about getting brave and being vulnerable and working through potentially some deeply rooted fears that are in your way, that are stopping you from reaching your best. So if you want more support with aligning your identity as a marketer so that you can do 
what you know you could be to market your practice, or you just really love what I'm talking about here, you get it, and you want more, then sign up for the Aligned Marketing free five-day course at alignedchiromarketing.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so that you'll get an email update with part four of this series about the big problems that women in chiropractic face. And you can do that at alignedwomen.com. Okay, my friends, this episode was longer than what I anticipated it to be. But as you can tell, I'm really, really passionate about talking about marketing for much more than what it may seem because I'm, I'm passionate about empowering you to reach your best and helping women make a bigger impact in their communities without killing themselves to do it. So again, be sure to join me next week for part four in this series. And until then, take care. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women podcast. If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on the show and want more insight into how you can have more time freedom, more financial freedom, build a practice full of the right patients, and feel confident that you're making the impact you were born to make as a chiropractor, be sure to take the Aligned Practice Quiz. You can get your free copy of the quiz at alignedpracticequiz.com. You'll know in less than 15 minutes where you need to focus your time and energy to become present in your life as a mom and profitable in your career as a chiropractor. Thanks again for listening.